All right, B-listers, you know the drill. This is your official spoiler alert for the episode. If you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now. And if you don't care about spoilers, hold on to your seats because this episode starts now. B-listers. Hi, welcome to the B-Critics podcast. We're your host, Liz and Court. And our guest critic for this episode is Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. You. So we know Matt from college. We all went to Alabama together. Um, Matt is actually my husband's big in their fraternity. So yay. Um, We're super excited to hear what Matt has to say about our movie today. So, Matt, do you want to introduce the movie? Liz and Court, hold on to your butts, because we're doing (laughs) Jurassic Park today. Oh my gosh, I love that intro. So, I I take it then that you're going to be into this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. Honestly, don't even know how we're about to try to fit this into one episode, but we're going to try. <laughs> so I'm just going to give like a quick description of the movie. Um, for those of you who have never seen Jurassic Park, I don't know who you could be, but maybe you're just <laughs> a Gen Zer who's younger and cooler than us. Um, okay. So Jurassic Park is an adaptation of the novel by My- Michael Crichton. Jurassic Park tells the story of the unveiling of an amusement park filled with real-life clone dinosaurs. In this science fiction adventure, the park's creator, Dr. Hammond, is attempting to get the sign-off on his park by three scientists who quickly discover that trying to control life actually creates chaos. Bum, bum, bum. Dang. What a log line. <laughs> <laughs> I told That's Liz incredible. I was writing that, that I should be a movie script writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, thank you. Okay. So this movie came out in 1993. A which, year before I was born. <laughs> yeah, I think it's before all of us were born. But yeah. Um it's a it's a pretty classic one. The director is Steven Spielberg. Um big director. He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And this movie is known for um its special effects and its animatronics. So it actually won Academy Awards for both. Uh, best visual effects and sound mixing so that's some pretty cool it, stuff we'll talk about yeah it. that that <laughs> i mean that's kind of the history of this movie i would say like the lasting effect like the reason probably why a lot of people cling on to it mm-hmm. um not only because it's like you know a classic story it's super entertaining obviously um especially in the back half but as far as like movies go like people who are you know interested in movies the the like visual effects aspect of this is like completely groundbreaking. Yeah, um, it changed the way that movies were made, honestly. And it's super mm-hmm. fascinating to know like how much was changed about it too, like during the filming. Yeah, yeah. I think this had a pretty uh, lengthy production, which is not really um, something that's unique to Spielberg. I mean, Jaws, <laughs> they had to reshoot like a bunch of stuff. He had already brought him up um 
but obviously he's the most we talked about the most successful director probably ever i mean <laughs> this movie was the highest grossing movie of all time after it came out and it stole the highest grossing movie of all time title from et which he also directed <laughs> yeah which which took the crown from star wars and star wars took the crown from jaws which he also directed so it's like he i mean at this point like he's already you know he made movies throughout the 80s um and then this year like he had already had made three of the highest grossing movies of all time and then he comes out with this which you know is a huge hit made the most money ever yeah (laughs) and then the same year he directs schindler's list which wins best picture and he wins best Mm -hmm. director so it's like i mean i can't think of another director who had a better year than that (laughs) i have a fun fact about him directing both of these movies at the same time okay um so he actually like left the set of jurassic park to go and start schindler's list like jurassic park was like being finished up and he was like, well, I got to go do this now. It's my like hobby project, Schindler's List. And in order for him to like be directing both of them, he actually purchased time on a satellite so that he could like, like have all of the information sharing possible. And it costs $1.5 million a week. Holy shit. He's the man. Oh my gosh. He's the man. Well, Especially in this time. Now he's kind of washed. Like, I mean, yeah. the Fablemans was like super good, but since like the 21st century, you know, there hasn't been anything like nearly on the level that he's made. That's like this or mm-hmm. Jaws or any of that. Um, but that's crazy. I never even knew. I, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That's an insane thing to do. I know. The man cannot be stopped. <laughs> Yeah, well, so he's the first thing that I wanted to talk about, like getting yeah. into the movie, um, because I think that the way the movie is filmed and directed is just really like unique to him. And mm-hmm. um, there's so many scenes, and we'll talk about the scenes, but I I just like love that the movie is like filmed actually in Hawaii. So mm-hmm. like all of the sets are incredible. Um, and then the CGI and animatronics combo is like my favorite thing about this movie. Like everything about the CGI is so cool because they were, I think they were originally going to do this movie with like toys, like essentially like how they did star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then they switched midway through production to doing CGI. Like they have both in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have animatronics which mm-hmm. is like the T-Rex dinosaur. But they were going to do mm-hmm. like all the scenes with like dinosaurs running and stuff with like toy models and replicas and stuff. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, they really run the gauntlet of like visual effects in this movie because they had brought on a guy to do stop motion animation, like you had said, Phil Tippett, who's like, yeah. he's like the godfather of stop motion animation. <laughs> and like he had prepared all this stuff and then they had, I think they're called like, I am is the company that came in and they had CGI rendered like footage of a dinosaur. And that's what convinced Spielberg to do, to do both. So I, I think it's only like there's 15 minutes, I think total where dinosaurs mm-hmm. are in this movie. And I think only like six minutes of it are, are like um, true CGI. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a really good blend of like both. And, you know, 
it's it's funny to talk about this movie now in 2023 where like everything's cgi and like the yeah. technology's advanced so far but it all looks like crap now like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't look it doesn't look good like so the blending of like the pre- like practical effects and the cgi together is like why this movie ages so well like i mean obviously there's some parts of the cgi where you're like okay that's a little rough but <laughs> like well, <laughs> the fact that it looks like that good, like there's like one or two parts, I would say, where you're just sort of like, OK, you can tell this was made in the 90s. But the rest of it, it's like <laughs> they're shooting on location with mm-hmm. animatronic dinosaurs blending with CGI and stuff that it looks incredible to me. Like, yeah. I, I mean, watching it this week to prepare for this, like I was blown away at some of the scenes and just how good they look. And yeah, not not to go on a rant about movies now, but like. <laughs> We're missing that sort of thing now, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Have you watched like a modern Marvel movie? The CGI mm-hmm. is so bad because they're, yeah. I think they're like so overworking those like mm-hmm. CGI effect people. Like in Wakanda Forever, some of it looked incredibly fake. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, I think it's cool. Like the CGI was in its infancy. And so, like, for example, the scenes where the dinosaurs are running, they, like very strategically use the panning of the camera as well to like hide mm-hmm. how bad the CGI is. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. actually modeled that scene, like the herd of like the G, this starts with the G, Gamma Millas or whatever they're called. Yeah. And they actually modeled that. They took the guys that were like building out the CGI and they had them run across the field with their like hands up and stuff. And that's how they modeled it. <laughs> Like, That's can you so just cool. imagine a bunch of grown men like, like yeah. running? <laughs> so funny. That's that's really awesome. And <laughs> like, um, that's just you know, there's no other way to say it that like a movie in lesser hands like this than Spielberg's, mm-hmm. um, it would just be crap. And we're seeing that now because they've there's been what now five sequels. I don't know how y'all feel about the sequels or if you've even seen them, but I think they literally all <laughs> suck. Like. <Four. laughs> Yeah, like especially the new, like the newer ones, I don't think are good at all. But Spielberg, I mean, he does end up directing uh, the Lost World, which is the one after this, which is a ridiculous movie. But <laughs> this one, I mean, like because he just knows, you know, what he's doing, and he's got such a distinct style that works so well with what this movie is trying to accomplish, and like he's got this team of incredible visual effects people behind him. Like mm-hmm. all of that just comes together with like. I mean, you can have, like, issues, I think, with the plot and stuff and, like, the acting in this movie. But, like, the actual movie making of this is, like, top-notch. Like, mm-hmm. it's, well, I think it's, it's incredible. Cool. I think it's cool how they, like, build suspense with it, too. Because you were saying there's mm-hmm. only really, like, 15 minutes in the whole movie of dinosaurs. And, like, if mm-hmm. you were watching a movie today, you would just be, like, it overwhelmed. would be so dinosaurs. You'd be overwhelmed. And yeah. So it- Holds suspense by like saving those special scenes for like mm-hmm. really intense moments in the movie and I think that's cool yeah uh, I actually um checked the time because I felt like the beginning was kind of slow it dragged on a little bit mm-hmm. um and after the opening scene where you see them like bringing in the dinosaurs and one of the handlers gets eaten or whatever after that first scene it is 58 minutes until the next action scene so they, I mean, they build it up the like mm-hmm. halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. They like, I think a, 
this is probably where like i would say like opinions would differ would be like the story and the choices they make in the mm -hmm. story and like like you're saying with like that kind of stuff for me it works because like it makes this actual encounters with the dinosaurs like that much scarier mm -hmm. the one thing that i like really pointed out which we can talk about when we do like individual scenes but the suspense like the first t-rex encounter to me is like one of the greatest accomplishments like <laughs> yeah in movie making yeah, um and it doesn't work without spielberg i mean we're, mm -hmm. we're talking about him like he he's not to keep saying but he's just the fucking man like he's so awesome <laughs> and like his touch on the story of this movie too so like i don't know what y'all's relationship to some of his movies but a lot of you know growing up i think like if you're like our age or probably 10 or 15 years older than us like the child like wonder that he like implements into his mm -hmm. kind of like far out science fiction stories are kind of what attach me to all of his movies especially since like a lot of the people in the actual movies themselves aren't like you know crazy like heroes they're normally like everyday people or like mm -hmm. i mean indiana jones is a professor like mm -hmm. the people in jaws are just sort of like small town bureaucrats mm -hmm. like in this movie they're like dinosaur like you know they're dinosaur like scientists and stuff and archaeologists <laughs> but you wouldn't expect them to be able to like run away from actual dinosaurs mm -hmm. and stuff so like i think it does a good job of like humanizing the characters and that's what i was talking about kind of like earlier is like the combination of like his style and the direction with the visual effects is it's just it's so great yeah yeah he, he i saw somewhere i th actually i think i saw this on tiktok um <laughs> but he actually so the cgi is by far the best thing that had happened mm -hmm. at the time and steven spielberg is like responsible for that he yeah. pushed those artists to make it better to make it more seamless with the film and when they showed him like the final demo of like here's what your dinos are going to look like everybody watching it together one of the visual effects guys, he said, you did it, you crazy son of a bitch. And that's in the movie. Spielberg was yeah. like, I like that. And he used it, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I think another thing that they put in the movie, um, they kind of like varied it. But Phil Tippett, the stop motion guy, like when he saw the CG of the dinosaurs, said, I'm mm -hmm. about to become extinct. Yeah. I think they said that in the movie, too. Um, and Phil Tippett did not become extinct. He's like still working. <laughs> he directed a movie actually last year that's like batshit crazy. But does he still do like stop motion or has he yeah? So he just directed a movie last year that's like a horror movie that's completely stop motion. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but the things that I've heard is I mean it's <laughs> crazy. Um, and his work on this movie like is really important too because he could you know blend the animatronics using cg and like he's just so smart that like everything just looks so good especially for the time like can y'all imagine going to see this movie in theaters and like the like that first part where they show the dinosaurs like everybody so had to be real. losing their minds yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy and all like the attention to detail that he does too like in mm -hmm. the direct scene you were talking about the water droplet in the car like nowadays they yeah. just water droplets like cgi but they like yeah. actually like had this like device in the car dash that would like vibrate the dash mm -hmm. and like make the water droplets appear like it's like it's there's just so many little things that went into making this happen that i think when it came out and was like actually in theaters it was just like probably unbelievable to watch 
Mm-hmm. And I think like his work up until this point, like kind of allowed for him to take those risks, obviously, and stuff. Cause like he had had so many, I mean, Jaws, like that's his first, you know, big movie. And that had a lot of like crazy practical effects, miscues and stuff with like the actual shark messing up, like the animal animatronic mm-hmm. and stuff. And like just being able, being so closely worked with special effects people and, and practical effects like if you get a first time director maybe to make this movie and you're trying to do like a groundbreaking thing like this blend of cgi and practical effects it just doesn't work so i mean spielberg whenever you want to talk about spielberg's movies like he's who you want to talk about like maybe there's other movies that he's made where like someone steals the show but it's different with different directors like he's almost the star of the movie rather Mm -hmm. than the people actually in the movie yeah yeah um couldn't agree more i think this movie (laughs) all all in all um the other thing i love is the score so john williams score Mm -hmm. and a lot of the movies that you were listing like spielberg movies he's done a lot of those scores as Mm -hmm. well he did the harry potter score the star wars score so like you can hear it in the way the music is it's just like so I don't Fantastic. know. <laughs> like it just makes me feel some type of way when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the score is obviously incredible in this one. John Williams like has created so many iconic movies or like movie scores that like even if you're not a movie watcher, like you can hum them in your head. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this honestly, like before like the last couple of years where I've really developed a connection to this movie, where I've like really started to go back and watch more Spielberg stuff. My biggest connection to this was like going to universal studios and like riding the Jurassic park rides there. And the score is pumped into those rides. So like I know when I like heard, hear the score, I think of the, like the score just has like, it has a life beyond the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of John Williams stuff. I mean, yeah, you hear like you hear the Star Wars score like immediately. Like you're thinking, you know, you hear this one immediately. Jurassic Park. Like there's no question about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I did <laughs> hear the you know that recorder sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, oh no, it's <laughs> well, ruining everything. <laughs> uh, there's. You know the vine, the what are those vine? Yeah. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that main theme song where they go and they see the brachiosauruses or mm-hmm. long necked dinosaurs. <laughs> I always just think of that vine where they put the white band. <laughs> yeah, with put the yeah, shoes on the yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And even that, like, that just shows how much of a cultural footprint this movie has is that like people were making vines about this movie like like 20 years later yeah yeah it's been 30 years since this movie came out like god it stands up you know like i watched it this past weekend and i was like this is like believable and and it's interesting to me too how like the science holds up like Mm -hmm. i'm a stem person and like I'm not going to lie, like, when they go through the science and that little, like, video of taking the DNA from a mosquito and, like, putting in the frog RNA strands, I'm like, that is believable. Why do we not have that? <laughs> yeah. See, what's funny about that is I actually, I wrote down, I was like, science, do not care. Like, <laughs> when that, that part, like, because there's a, there's a similar, 
like just any time in any movie where they're like this is how we make this thing happen like they have to like get the audience cued in i'm like don't give a shit like i know why i'm here <laughs> and like that scene like there's a part like in avengers endgame they like make it a point to be like time travel's different and like this is how you actually time travel and i'm like don't give a shit just go, like, go back in time like i understand why they do that but i did i did also think like this sequence in the movie like the whole science thing i'm like yeah whatever the dinosaurs exist <laughs> like i'm glad you said it held, holds up because i don't pay attention at all to it but like the thing that i do like is in the movie the sequence is like entertaining and like probably actually the way a theme park would like introduce that mm -hmm. like yeah. i don't know if y'all have ever been to disney world before but the little thing they like sit them in and it spins around like mm -hmm. that literally is a disney ride like yeah. carousel of progress that goes around and shows different little frames and so like yeah the science portion like i was like okay <laughs> whatever <laughs> but i do think like this from a storytelling aspect like it does work really well that's good that it holds up though i mean i mean i'm i'm not saying like i know anything about it and that it holds up yeah. I, i'm watching it i'm like oh that's believable i would believe yeah that. It's possible still today i think it's cool that it's like 30 years old and it you still feel that way mm -hmm. yeah i, I think they was... oh go ahead matt I, I was just gonna say I, I guess they probably like i don't know how much they lifted from like michael Crichton's book or whatever like i've yeah. never read it or really even researched into it that much but I don't know how much they lifted from the book as to how much they like consulted other people. Like, how can we make this exist? But mm -hmm. um, that 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 part is one that I'm always like, okay, got it. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not realistic at all because they're just like mm -hmm. frog DNA in there. But like, just the way that they do it, I think is is good because mm -hmm. I enjoyed the science side of it, and I was like. Yeah, I was enthralled. I was like, oh, this is, why don't we do this? <laughs> yeah, I think little, it's it's good for little kids. It gave me very much like 90s educational video vibes, like <laughs> Bill Nye or like the Magic School Bus kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I mostly liked how like confident they were. They're like, oh, there's no unauthorized breeding on Jurassic Park. There's like, this would never happen. This would never happen. You're like, <laughs> yeah i mean hammond is just like a straight moron like he yes. like not a moron in terms of intellect but like <laughs> it's like the his pride is makes him like the dumbest person we we can get into it like later but no, it's i think i think hammond sucks and he deserved <laughs> to die that's like my hot take is like he like the only redeeming thing about him is that he has grandkids like that's why they don't kill him because his grandkids are in the movie like the whole movie he was like oh they're fine out in the middle of the jurassic park with the dinosaurs like yeah, yeah. and the only bad thing like they killed the lawyer and the only bad thing about the lawyer is that he's a lawyer like that's the only <laughs> negative quality he kind of has in the movie is like like one of the th one of the quotes i think hammond says is like i brought all of these people here to like showcase this and the only person who agrees with me is like the blood sucking lawyer which is so <laughs> 90s humor to make like a lawyer joke <laughs> like they're the scum of the earth or whatever but <laughs> he gets eaten in like the most embarrassing way ever like literally <laughs> sitting on a toilet seat and all that guy did was like in fact he's sent there because they don't trust hammond yeah. to do anything and so like 
and then they kill him and i'm like dude hammond is way worse than this guy and the mm-hmm. only guy he's like not worse than is wayne knight's character nedry the computer hacker oh, guy God, he was the worst which is yeah he that character does not work for me at all <laughs> but... no you didn't think he was like good comedic relief for children yeah he's pretty he yeah i mean he's pretty funny but like i don't know i've seen like if you watch a lot of seinfeld he's just being what he was in seinfeld a bunch yeah i was watching and... With my parents and they were sitting there like talking what is his character's name in seinfeld do you know um newman Newman. They were just calling him Newman the whole movie. So I was like, Yeah, that's what I call him too. About like who he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, his character, I mean, I think this this movie needs like I guess some sort of like bad guy villain outside of Hammond because they have to give Hammond a redemption arc. Yeah. But everything with Nedry, I mean, he's kind of the plot driver in a way because he's the one yeah. who shuts down all the stuff. Um, and then he just gets dunked on later. So it's like his actions kind of have no consequences. I think he's kind of the like, what if factor? Like, mm-hmm. could it have worked had he not shut off all the security systems? Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of, like you said, he's the plot driver. He's like the reason why it's all happening. The reason um, why there's a second movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goofy characters in this movie, obviously, like mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. the entire time. Yes. And um Chaos. like, like Jeff Goldblum and Wayne Knight are overacting so much in this movie that <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's performance is like a straight, <laughs> calm, muted, straight <laughs> performance. Like <laughs> so there's just that's another thing. Like I would say the two knocks that I have on this movie are like with the science fiction stuff just in any movie i'm like don't care and then him like his whole performance to me just is like i think courtney you identified like his existence and everything like is comedic relief for kids to get them laughing and stuff like the kids can properly identify him as like this is the bad guy like ha 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 Mm -hmm. you know like he's being a moron he's like like his character is very 90s bad guy like the nerdy over yeah like that's kind of, like i wonder if it would be the same way now probably not but no i don't i don't think so and i don't know just what whatever he's doing in that movie i it takes me out of it a little bit is what i'll say <laughs> okay yeah i probably didn't pay super good attention to those parts i mean i've seen this movie mm-hmm. like a million times so i know exactly yeah happens, but i can remember as a kid like watching the scenes where he's like being chased by those little dinosaurs and just thinking it's so funny (laughs) it it, like kind of gives you a break from like all the dark stuff that's happening at that time so i think it's like it helps with the kids because it is it is it does get kind of like intense at certain parts um what about like dr grant dr safner so sam neill and laura dern okay laura dern (laughs) <laughs> is awesome <laughs> and she looks fucking great in this movie That's too sam sam neil is like he just to me in the canon of his career like is this character like yes. he shows up or like i was watching pinky blinders recently he's in the first season of that he's unrecognizable and i'm like Mm -hmm. there's no way that's the guy from jurassic park like he just exists so much in that like blue shirt and red bandana and hat like Mm -hmm. yeah 
that's that's always been like i don't know how good his performance is like from an acting standpoint but he does a really good job of like playing that everyday kind of hero and laura Dern's just she's just awesome and everything to me what's wild is um they had a hard time casting this movie like everyone that they reached out to initially didn't want anything to do with it because it was another like spielberg action movie and they're like oh like it's not going to go anywhere it's too similar to indiana jones and they ended up with this like fantastic cast but it wasn't like originally who was supposed to be in these roles Mm -hmm. and it's an unlikely trio too i feel like i mean uh sam neill this year like we talked about spielberg you know directing um schindler's list and this in the same year sam neill is in this and the piano which was outside of schindler's list probably like the second biggest awards movie of the year it's a jane campion movie she did power the dog which won some stuff last year too um so really good year for him i mean i would say like most people know him from those two things and then laura Dern, i feel like had only been like a david lynch actress up until this so being in really weird movies and then jeff goldblum like who would put those three people like in a room and be the main characters but it all works really well. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how y'all feel, but I felt like Sam Neill's character and Laura Dern were a believable partnership. Like oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I love to like um, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill. Like mm-hmm. playing, kind of like it being a love triangle, but not you know like yeah, <laughs> just like enough, like subtle enough, and it was funny enough that I think mm-hmm. it was entertaining to watch throughout the movie because like you had all this crazy stuff going on but then you had their little like interactions the whole he's like playing with her hand he's like oh look at the water drop on your beautiful skin (laughs) yeah jeff goldblum i wrote down like five uh quotes that i like the most (laughs) and i think he says four of them like he is given all of the best lines in this movie like they basically just set him loose um, and I would say this is another movie like most people would know him from this. Um, he was in The Fly, which is one of my favorite movies, and he's like the true lead in that. Where he, and but this one, I mean, he's got the iconic look with the glasses and the shirt, and he's got <laughs> all of these lines that have like stood the. T- I mean, like that one scene where he's like looking up with that smile is just like a gif now like everybody uses that um yeah so he like those three they work i thought really well together and part of it i think is because goldblum is like so charismatic yeah that he's able to drive and he's just he's being like 100 percent jeff goldblum in this mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> yeah he's doing it extremely well as his like heartthrob character i'm loving it um <laughs> okay so what about the kids timmy and lex I don't know. The kids, <laughs> the, the kids <laughs> were tough, in my opinion. But Spielberg, I feel like, normally gets pretty good kid performances. But those kids, I mean, the, especially the little kid, um, like, he, just from an acting standpoint, was tough. Like, I do like the whole thread of, like, um, Sam Neill's character hates kids. Mm-hmm. and so like they group him with the kids and then he like like falls learns. in love with so, them yeah falls <laughs> in love with them basically which is <laughs> i was thinking that this is the first time i ever thought this when i was watching it but there's that last scene where they're on the helicopter and like they're all 
laying on him or whatever and i'm like okay this is a little bizarre like <laughs> these kids like um i guess their parents are going through a divorce right and that's like why mm-hmm. they're at jurassic park is to yeah. kind of like cheer get cheered up or whatever but, i feel like they're huh. loyal to him at this point they like yeah on him (laughs) yeah so that's uh i was like this is a little weird like this is just some guy and they're like (laughs) laying on him and stuff but i guess when you go through something like that but that's another thing in spielberg movies it's not as like heavy in this movie but a lot of his movies are about like broken homes and divorce Mm -hmm. and stuff that's like a common thread i mean close encounters is basically about his parents divorce and then the like so he had like kind of weaved that sort of stuff into his movies up until last year he actually made a movie about his parents getting divorced and the effects it had on him but in this movie it's kind of muted like you kind of have to really read in not like really read into it but it's not as in your face like Mm -hmm. that's obviously something that's happening in this movie too is these kids parents are going through a divorce so they like latch on to a father figure and he's never really Mm -hmm. liked kids but like they he's like able to protect them and like he kind of learned something about himself yeah they they (laughs) warm his icy heart (laughs) as a kid watching this and like really liking samuel's character like Mm -hmm. wow like he is such a good like dad to those kids like i just remember like really vibing with his character so yeah he he's a good guy like he saves their life like he yeah. knows CPR, which is like <laughs> good for him. CPR is certified, <laughs> and like kid just got shot ten thousand volts of electricity. Volts. Yeah, yeah. I gave our friend Ross a lot of shit for saying the kid should have died. I'm like, dude, they all should have died. Like they're all carnivoric dinosaurs <laughs> chasing what? humans and stuff. But there are a lot of times I will say where Tim especially is like, bro, what are you doing? Like get off <laughs> get off the electric fence. Like <laughs> the the daughter or the older one, um, I like her character actually in this because she's kind of like the little kid is like being kind of like a nerd ass kiss ass to sam neill's character you know he's like i know a lot about dinosaurs i read your book (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but the daughter or the she's just kind of like what is all this shit we need to get out of here like this is crazy like just scream the whole movie yeah (laughs) that's like what she's there for pretty much is to like yeah and alert the group (laughs) yeah it's a spielberg movie so it's got to have kids in it like i said Mm -hmm. and like they're not like terrible but and mm-hmm. they need to be in it or else like this you don't you won't care as much about the characters i think if they're not in it and it's their whole cap out for him and not dying so True. yeah um i saw where one of them i can't remember which one of them did an interview like years later after the movie um and their performance was brought up because it's not like the best child acting mm-hmm. ever yeah. Um, and they said that everyone on set had a really hard time because it was really the first time they'd had to interact with their surroundings when it wasn't really there. So mm-hmm. this kind of like paved the way for modern acting with CGI and all of that, where you're like interacting with, but there's nothing there. Like you don't have anything to touch, to feel, to actually look at. You're just like your imagination. That's so interesting. That is really interesting because that's probably like, extremely commonplace now for mm-hmm. most actors yeah yeah i don't think that the girl who plays lex is like credited in anything else i looked up her imdb like this is it <laughs> in this movie 
Yeah. It was a good Shocking. one to be in. <laughs> I like riding on it for life. Um, okay. So now let's go through the movie kind of like scene by scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already talked a little bit about the opening scene with the dino in the cage, like kind of setting the stage. But the next one I want to talk about is the reaction to the brachiosauruses. Like when mm-hmm. they drive up in their Jeeps and then like that really iconic scene where Laura Dern turns is- her head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene is incredible. It works so mm-hmm. good because um, I think like it works so well because the characters in the movies are seeing like dinosaurs for the first time and to kind of weave the special effects in. I'm sure people in the theater, this was the first time they were seeing CGI. Like, because I think the dinosaurs in that scene were completely CGI'd. Yeah. Um, like the turning of the camera is like sort of like a it's like to show the characters are seeing dinosaurs for the first time, but I'm assuming the people in the theater too, it's like, we're going to show you what the fuck we did in this movie Mm -hmm. to make it so realistic. And so like, it works on like a viewer and character level. I think that's why it's so lasting too. Cause like, you know, the first scene you get like sort of, you don't ever see a dinosaur in it. And like, there's a lot of suspense and stuff. So like it's, until here where we finally get to see dinosaurs in a movie that's marketed on the fact that there's going to be dinosaurs. (laughs) So like waiting, like making you wait that long and then having like not wasting that moment Mm -hmm. is incredible. And I think it's why this scene stands out to so many people. Yeah. I made a note that because in this (laughs) scene too, you hear the dinosaurs, right. And they're Mm -hmm. loud and it's like a very distinct noise and I just said, the long neck dinosaurs made that much noise and they're just now noticing, like, how long have they been on this island? <laughs> and, like, nobody heard the dinosaurs? <laughs> That's so funny. That's so true. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, stupid oh. shit in this movie that I thought about. <laughs> like, the complete lack of, like, employees that are roaming the park. I was like... <laughs> the reason is because they evacuated the island because of the weather. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And I was like, no, 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 they're all gone. It gets on purpose because they sent everyone home. Okay. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the first time I was like, isn't this supposed to be a theme park? Maybe that slipped through. I was like, where are all the like (laughs) fucking people? The operators. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Yeah, they're Um, gone. Yeah, that scene, that's also where we get, um, like, the you son of a bitch, you did it line, Uh too, which is the first Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) says that and it like that's the like again he gets so much awesome dialogue in this movie mm-hmm. he gets to be like very funny like he gets to be funny horny and like <laughs> like uh existential all in the same character and like a smart mathematician like everything like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. like all in yeah all in the hot mathematician which was <laughs> like what a what a crazy uh what a crazy like character design too. I love all his like like he would just interject chaos theory like every time mm-hmm. he spoke. It was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Just a nice little thread going throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And that scene, that first reveal scene also has the crazy music cue, which like stands mm-hmm. out. Like when you see it, they bring the score up and it mm-hmm. plays the loud theme and everything and it it's just works iconic. so well as a reveal. Yeah. I feel like that scene is like the one scene that like really stands the test of time like we mm-hmm. already talked about it with the vine but i mean 
very iconic. Okay. Yeah, it's the scene that if you had to show someone, you know, three minutes from the movie, it would be that, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so next, we talked a little bit about the suspense, but some of the things particularly that I like are like the cow scene with the T-Rex, where mm-hmm. they drop the cow into the pen. Um, and then also like seeing the eggs hatching when they go into the lab and the like foreshadowing of the Velociraptor imprinting on Sam Neill. Yeah, I had a couple notes about that that section. Um, one was uh, Hammond. I mean, he's such a moron. Like, you're yeah. you're showing these people around that you're trying to convince that this is a good idea, and one, they break your theme park ride in like three minutes, and you let them get <laughs> into the place where they make the dinosaurs, and then two, you just let them walk out into the raptor like captive thing and i'm like dude get some security guards or like some you know some guys that are like like this is actually yeah like this is under construction so it's like he's kind of like too forthcoming as like a theme park owner i'm like you need to hide some of this stuff like every single large-scale operation like this is gonna have some sort of shady element to it and he just does such a bad job of hiding the shady element from from the people that he's like literally needs to sign <laughs> off for this to like go into effect. I mean, I think you see him like trying, like he tries to direct them to like go yeah. certain ways, but he just, I think he just failed. Like, I think he's just yeah. Like, That's what like, I'm saying. Get some, get some big guys. You know, get some, get some henchmen, <laughs> some bouncers, some yeah, some henchmen like. <laughs> to to do your dirty work for you, you know, like have some dude named you could call him Rex or something, and he's oh. like massive, yeah, dinosaur, and <laughs> he's standing by the door, and he's like, actually, you can't come through here, like this is, blah, but no, just... shalt not pass, <laughs> yeah, and then he's sh- yeah, and then he's shocked later where they're like, yeah, this place is fucked, <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know. The science part is really cool, though, because, like, I really like how when they're in there, like, all of the scientists and in, in Hammond especially are, like, I like the way that they immediately, like, flip the stuff on them where they're, like, here's how we're doing it. Like, isn't this so great? And then, like, Goldblum's characters immediately, like, uh, I don't know about all that. Like, <laughs> it seems, like, a little, like, he, he's kind of, like, calling them on their shit, like, mm-hmm. almost immediately. I think that, like, scene works really well partly because you have like you can see like in Hammond in the scientist's eyes like oh man like we really thought everybody was gonna think this is the coolest thing ever and like Goldblum's character immediately is like you guys are acting like you know all of this stuff about something that no one has any knowledge of basically yeah um and that so like in the next one is the hurt dino scene but I think mm-hmm. it's interesting because um, Laura Dern's character is a like a paleo botanist, I guess, yeah. and like how sure. she immediately, <laughs> immediately knows all of the plants, like mm-hmm. 
like I don't well, know she's got how. like the leaf at the very like when they first get there she's got she's like examining this leaf she's like this shouldn't be here like, <laughs> these have been extinct for however many years and you're like uh you put know. the leaf down like yeah you're like damn this have been extinct for that many years huh you're like <laughs> yeah you're it, that's another like that's movie bullshit right there where they're like there's no way they could look this up you know <laughs> like <laughs> That scene was funny, though. I like yeah, him. it was funny. And I like the part where he's like, look at this big pile of shit or whatever. Let me put my know. hands in it. Yeah. <laughs> I will um, say that's the tr- animatronic for the Triceratops there looks like straight incredible. Like, yeah. It looks so good. Yeah, but it, it's just like unbelievable that she would go up and it would just not be like scared and like react at her. Mm-hmm. You know? Like you would yeah. feel a little bit more. They more. should be used to people like they were built by people. So they... You shouldn't be like too alarmed by people, but the animatronics of this one. So the Triceratops took twelve people to operate. Twelve people underneath it operating this thing. It was and not like it was pretty big. Twelve people. <laughs> um, the head alone took four people, um, but it was also like originally all of the animatronic dinosaurs were bright, vibrant colors, and wow. they like put them on set and steven spielberg was like no like absolutely not like Mm -hmm. this is no way dinosaurs looked like this and so that's why they're muted colors they were gonna be like purple and green and orange and fun colors (laughs) what a bizarre idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's why you have a director right there is for him (laughs) to be like that is what like that would have been really crazy because this movie taps into like because yeah i don't know if y'all were dinosaur kids or not but like you know <laughs> kids just movie. love dinosaurs yeah so like think. yeah yeah that too and like even before then like kids like were obsessed with dinosaurs and stuff so they have knowledge of like what they're supposed to look like and stuff so i think yeah. like that scene where you first like you get to see one like super up close if we're running in and it's Purple. looking like a my little pony character or something lisa frank <laughs> but yeah then that would have been so bizarre that would have <laughs> frogs that are like multicolors. yeah like, like dart frogs no there's like bright color frogs yeah they dart get... frogs oh i thought you said dark frogs they said dark frogs i think there's like blue and like red like weird color frogs no maybe yeah just... they're all poisonous <laughs> yeah um okay so next i really want to like talk about is the t-rex scene yeah oh yeah it's amazing um it's so good yeah like everything about it is good like Mm -hmm. the initial scene the part where laura dern's character comes in and tries to save them and like like it's all it's all good yeah it it's really good this is an um an incredible incredible scene i think it's like to me the achievement of the movie because it's the mm-hmm. balance of the sus- the suspense in it is so good the night vision goggles which i thought were like a really cool touch like anytime you're watching a movie that's going to be suspenseful and they're whipping out night vision goggles like you're screwed <laughs> something something scary is gonna happen yeah <laughs> and, oh my gosh yeah it's it's really really good and the dinosaur in that scene looks incredible mm-hmm. i was like oh my gosh he looks so realistic like the way that he's moving and like popping mm-hmm. out and stuff um 
it's 30 years later and it still looks like so Mm -hmm. good because of the way they did it Mm -hmm. and like the the way that they build like that it's coming like you you mentioned the water the water rattling like those loud like boom boom like of steps and steps you you, you just know something's gonna happen like something bad and then like once the action like finally starts like it delivers on how scary this thing can be and like it's kind of the first time they show you in the movie how like outside of when they drop the cow into the velociraptor pit and they just disintegrate that thing like this is the first time where they show you how scary and like you know how violent these things can be Mm -hmm. so it works on that level too of like finally establishing like okay maybe they're like because they're talking about like in scientific terms like why this place could go wrong but this is the first time they really show you like man if things go wrong in this like a lot of people are gonna die yeah the scene with Mm -hmm. um, timmy and the tree where they have Mm -hmm. to like run down the tree i'm like go to the side go to the side (laughs) please (laughs) i like um when Sam Neill's character goes to like get to me and he's like sitting there and like he's looking so sad and like feeling <laughs> bad about himself and he just says I threw up <laughs> <laughs> and you're like Mom, yep, that's I how a kid up. would react <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not worried about anything else but I was like oh no I threw up everywhere I'm gonna be in trouble <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's I think cool. It is so good, and like the the parts where like it's kind of like popping out and stuff, and the goat thing, which a lot of animals get slaughtered in this movie in like really <laughs> gruesome ways. I'm like, oh my god, including people. Yeah, and like, but that part, you know, because at the beginning they're like, when is the dinosaur gonna actually show up? Like the goat's just standing there, and then it's just gone like in an instant, and then like they, the descendant or the severed horn or whatever falls on top this movie was like a lot more intense like this is the first time i had watched it probably in three years i think and this this time i remembered i was like whoa that is like scary like the (laughs) severed goat horn falling on the suv well and when they're like under the cars i'm Mm -hmm. like that guy's gonna die like he's going yeah. by the car and also it was an ad for lexan plastic like the mm-hmm. like yeah the, oh wow the window room i was like how is that not breaking right yeah now? <laughs> yeah i was thinking the same thing i was like i'm not trying to act like i would know what could withstand a t-rex head but i feel like a like a plate like windshield or whatever is getting crumbled in that scenario yeah. I mean, the thing takes down the, like, hut in an instant, like. <laughs> Literally, like, it just, like, everything just, like, yeah. falls to the sides. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, the lawyer guy who's just doing his job gets just, cr- like, eaten. Like, you think he might live, but in just the most embarrassing way. That's that's a cruel <laughs> death for him. Like, you absolutely hate to see it for him, like. <laughs> He gets eaten on screen too. Like, I yeah. think if this was like, this is a kids' movie and it isn't, like, it's a kids' movie because in the 90s, people would take their kids to watch stuff that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, like, do that. I saw this as a kid and I, I can't remember, like, if 
I was scared by that, but I mean, the dinosaur literally eats a man on the screen. Like, on screen, it's not like the off camera, the leaves are shaken, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he puts puts the guy in his mouth and eats him. (laughs) (laughs) Or she, sorry, all the dinosaurs are female. They're all female, except for the one that somehow had eggs. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I think we can all agree amazing scene we could probably talk about it for a long time um Mm -hmm. but i do want to talk about kind of like the end of the movie so it starts really with um the the breaker scene so where like laura dern is dealing with the velociraptors and she's trying to get the breaker turned on but meanwhile you see um sam neil and the kids like trying to get over the electric fence um Mm -hmm. me being an absolute idiot not jumping off the fence um yeah that whole sequence from like that like uh liz you mentioned it earlier but there is kind of like a pretty big like lull in the action you know where the kids are like observing all the herbivores and like laura dern's like eating ice cream or, <laughs> or hammond's eating ice cream and talking to laura dern or whatever but then it hits a point where it's like okay we're off like this is the final sequence and it starts uh-huh. with the climbing of the like the powers off and stuff that whole sequence to me is just riveting, like from yeah. from start to finish. I thought it was really exciting. Um, yeah, there especially was like... starting with the suspense of the climbing of the fence. Like mm-hmm. that's not something you would you, you would think know. that all this is yeah. Like as soon as they look at it, you're like, she's gonna turn that damn thing on. Yeah. <laughs> as all three of them, or at least one's up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it works well because you think all the scary parts are going to be dinosaur related, but this uh-huh. is just like a complete circumstantial coincidence, like horrible coincidence yeah. for them too. Yeah, I made a note too. There's one jump scare in the movie, and it's in the final action sequence, and it's when like after she gets everything turned on, and she's like, "Huh, oh, like I did such a good job. Let me head on back now." And then the Velociraptor's head just like. Wah! like straight through the wall and you're like what where the hell did that come from (laughs) like it's supposed to be over now yeah and then we also in that sequence get like 15 minutes of like (laughs) close-ups on jeff goldblum with like laying down (laughs) with like his complete torso exposed and unbuttoned and he's like he's like oiled up too (laughs) and i'm like this is really bizarre like it's really funny this and the fly which i feel like are his two biggest movies they're really pushing the like jeff goldblum is hot thing which like i i mean i don't know like they have me convinced at least in this movie i told you Um, my parents my mom was over there like jeff goldblum Mm. (laughs) (laughs) only get like that and i was like okay okay yeah He's an attractive yeah. man. The raptors in that part are really like they're pretty scary too. Yeah. Like that part, that reminded me that part this time around of I don't know if y'all seen Alien, but there's like a part mm-hmm. there's like parts in Alien where like the xenomorph like pops out of like tubing and stuff, and it's like a really big jump scare. And this movie, like that one, was really effective. And the payoff, I think it scared me because there weren't a lot, like you said, there weren't a lot of jump scares. I feel like straight up in this movie, there's a lot of like suspense and action and stuff, but true like pop outs that one, they, 
I feel like they really cash in on a good one with that one because it's like the immediate like, oh, the power is back on, and oh shit, there's still man-eating dinosaurs <laughs> running around. Yeah, <laughs> they did a really good job portraying them as like predators. Like mm. these are not just like they're not just hunting. They are like like this is a game. Like they're you know mm-hmm. how scary they could really be. I think they are. So like in the last scene where it's the Velociraptors in the kitchen. That mm-hmm. is my favorite scene of the movie. It's like, so good. It's so good. And the part where they open the door and you can see them yeah. open the door, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no hope. No hope. <laughs> yeah, impressive. They can already like open doors and stuff. They're like really adapting to their environment. That's what I took away from that. Yeah. And this ties back into the blend of practical and CGI because like in the kitchen, I think they're all puppets or something mm-hmm. the velociraptors are like puppets but then in the last scene where they're like the two that are like about to kill them are cgi so it's like some yeah. of the raptors are puppets and some of them are cgi i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's so interesting because i didn't really even notice like a difference so mm-hmm. and Impressive. the puppets are manned like there's people in yeah them. yeah okay yeah. Wow. that's pretty wild i'm i'm almost 100% sure that it, like the one that pops out at Laura Dern is a puppet, and I'm pretty sure when they're in the kitchen, that one is a puppet too. And mm-hmm. then like when they're in the center of the welcome center where they're like all huddled together and the two are about to basically kill them, they're at CGI there. It's not that's a puppet. Crazy. I feel like that's like the moment you realize that R2-D2 is like played by a man. That's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm having that moment. Like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. And And, I loved. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say the cool payoff of this movie is the T Rex. What a G at the (laughs) end. Yeah, what a cool guy. Like saving, like they they build him up as, like, you know, I guess there's been a lot of bad T Rex PR (laughs) in the past. But in this movie, you know, they're like, hey, maybe they're not so bad. He redeems himself. (laughs) Yeah. I made a note too. It just says the very dramatic moment when the when dinos ruled the earth banner falls on the t-rex at the end uh, yeah <laughs> oh, so the yeah. final ruin <laughs> okay yeah. so we've gone through the movie matt is there anything or elizabeth that we've like forgotten to talk about that we need okay, to well, mention i wrote down five quotes that i think are the best they're my five favorite quotes in the whole movie if you guys want to hear them it. yeah so the first one that i wrote down was is so four of them, I think, are uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, so the first one, he says, genetics powers the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid who found his dad's gun. Yeah. I was like, Good. hell yeah. That's yeah. a cool thing to say. And then the next one, yeah, is really famous where he says, your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, to me, the theme of the whole movie. Like, yeah, ethics. Um, yeah, like they're doing this thing and it's a great achievement. They've done it, but they haven't thought about the consequences of it like at all. And then in like very like stupid fashion, they're trying to monetize it. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a bad so idea. Because it's like not just a dinosaur movie. It's also like a moral dilemma movie. Like it's yeah, well done. Yeah. The next one I have is Samuel Jackson saying, hold on to your butts, which he <laughs> says twice, I think. And one of the reasons why I like this is because I feel like 
now Samuel Jackson saying this line, he'd be like, hold on to your butts. <laughs> but in like, in this movie, he's just like, hold on to your butts. And it just works. <laughs> it's like that. Like, I like it because it's like, does he just say that like all the time? Like this, like, cause he's just saying it. So matter of fact, <laughs> um, and then the next one that I had was God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs. I was like, that's really fucking cool. And then the last one's my favorite one is, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, so four of those are by Goldblum. I think Spielberg definitely recognized that like Goldblum has such a unique line delivery. Mm -hmm. yeah. And these are some like really ridiculous lines that I've just yeah. said. Like they're very ex either very existential scientific or they're just like funny quips. And they're like, we've got a guy here that can uniquely make like these ridiculous things blend from both a comedic yeah. standpoint and an <laughs> existential standpoint. Yeah, he's just so chill when he says them. You're like, what? Mm -hmm. uh, what? <laughs> Did you just? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So those are my favorite, my favorite ones. I wanted to point those out because like this movie has some like really good dialogue, in my opinion. Yeah, like compared to like an action movie that you would talk about they're really like breaking down and talking about like you said the moral dilemma of like the park like yeah. normally it would just be like oh yeah the park like it exists and now the dinosaurs are trying to kill y'all because something went wrong but they're really like trying to get they're really like having an intellectual discussion in some of these scenes about like why it exists and why it shouldn't exist mm-hmm yeah and then you got funny funny awesome lines like hold on to your butts <laughs> amazing okay so now we're gonna rate it now that we've talked about okay. it uh -huh. so, um as a reminder we use letterbox rating zero to five stars matt give us your rating okay so i i'm giving this a four and a half star rating what? not oh. a true five um because like there's a couple of parts that take me out like of it i think that knock it down a notch like i think some of those lulls do work but elizabeth like you said like the high highs of this movie are so high and so riveting that like even though the like lulls contribute to how memorable those are they're still a little you know a little like long and and then like you know like i said the whole kind of scientific explanation and wayne knight kind of knock it down but not too much like it's still nearly perfect <laughs> in my opinion yeah yeah i i gave it a four and a half star too and like for a lot of the same reasons like mm -hmm. love the movie some of the acting is bad and that's really, really <laughs> knocked it to four and a half um <clears throat> because i kind of could see through that but otherwise amazing holds up 30 years later so <clears throat> oh, <no. laughs> i gave this movie two and a half stars <laughs> <laughs> I I just it just is not my cup of tea. It mm -hmm. was slow. Like if I'm gonna watch an action movie, like I want to watch an action movie. Mm -hmm. And there was good parts, but I mean the fact that I literally like timed how long between the action scenes and it was almost an hour. Yeah, I literally Hayden was sitting like in the room. He was working, and I was watching this movie, and I was like Hayden nothing's happened yet and he's like elizabeth can you just enjoy the movie but anywho <laughs> so i gave it two and a half stars which is 
like exactly halfway so it's a good movie it's just like it just didn't make the hump into like a great movie for me that's fair yeah Yeah, i think i think that's a fair criticism of it like um like to especially like i said like the action scenes in this i feel like are so riveting that like maybe if someone were not to like this movie like they'd be turned off by like how much exposition there might be like setting like the setups and then also like the stuff with sam neil and the kids like can be a little like i find that part those parts like kind of charming and stuff but like they do take you out of the like okay where where, where are the dinosaurs that are trying to kill them like, <laughs> you know yeah and I, I also think too like part of the reason that i really like it is the nostalgia factor like this mm-hmm. was my favorite movie as a kid like i loved it and i still love it mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite movie today still um but i think a, a big piece of it is just because i loved it so much as a kid like i i think i could never not love it in that way you can't let it go <laughs> yeah yeah i feel the same way about a lot of movies like there are definitely worse movies than this that i've given five stars and there are definitely better movies than this that i've given you know lower ratings if you like but it's just yeah. i don't know it's a classic spielberg's the man <laughs> as i said <laughs> okay well i think that pretty much wraps up our discussion I'm sure we could just like keep talking about it, but um, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. So Matt, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Yes, uh, this was such a good time. Yeah, yeah thanks. I had a great time. I love talking about, you know, movies and especially yeah. ones like this. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, so it was great to have you on. Thanks for all your takes and your jokes and um <laughs> holding we're holding on to our butts as best we can (laughs) (laughs) okay um so now we are going to talk about our season one merch giveaway um Mm -hmm. so we're doing a merch giveaway a couple merch gives away um liz is wearing the sweatshirt (laughs) or one of the sweatshirts uh so you can go to our instagram for full details on how to enter the giveaway um but it'll be something like trying to get you to um write a review on the podcast or subscribe to the podcast uh so yeah check us out you can find us on our socials on twitter instagram and tiktok at b critics podcast yes and thank you so much again for checking us out um we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or review and if you're loving what we're doing subscribe and follow you can find us on youtube spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts and check out our website bcritics.com or you can find all of these links on our link tree in the episode show notes. All right. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.